to have Leslie Myrick on the podcast. She's from Rochester, New York. She's in the real estate property management industry. And we've known each other for a few years. I'm so excited to have her um, on this episode, episode 83. Uh, so Leslie, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know uh, when I think about, uh, you know, our journey as, as friends and stuff like that, reputation and personal brand and things like that is important to you. So uh, what uh, what do you want to say to the people? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. It's an honor to be interviewing and speaking with you today. And a little bit about myself. So I am a native Rochesterian and yes, reputation and making sure that mine stays intact is uh, something that I strive for and that is very important to me. And, you know, building the brand. So as I leave one career into the next career, making sure that that brand follows me and always realizing that you never know who you're speaking to, especially in Rochester. It's a very small town. So be careful, be cautious. Um, make sure you don't burn any bridges. Make sure that, you know, I try to, I have two sons, uh, Quinn and Jack, they're 27 and 22. Okay. And I've, tr- uh, you know, tried to instill that in them as well when, when raising them that, you know, when you go and you talk badly about another person or you leave a company and you feel like they've done you wrong, it actually is a reflection on you, not on them when you badmouth them or when you speak ill of them. And you can just find one little piece that you felt was a positive if you're leaving a negative situation and make sure that you put that forward. And if you can't, then don't say anything at all. Yeah. You know, Burning bridges. Let's elaborate a little bit on that. I feel um, I feel like that's a very important thing to talk about. I feel it's maybe not touched on as much. And, you know, over the years, I do my best to maintain, you know, relationships um, and, and build those. But unfortunately, some people have burned bridges with me. So elaborate a little bit on that. Why is it so important not to, to burn bridges? Well, I think the easy, and then I'll go backwards, the easy answer is because you never know, A, who they're connected to, or B, when you might need them or someone or something from them. Um, So when in business, when you leave one company and go on to another, or you leave a company and you're going to start your own business, I think that especially if it's a bad, negative, hostile, you know, you've got to just get out of there kind of situation, it would be so easy to just be really negative and to say they did this and they caused that and they were this and they were that. But, you know, that really isn't going to help you. You might in the moment feel better, but that really isn't going to help you 
you. It's not going to bring you to that next level. It's not going to look well um, for anyone who you're speaking to. And again, you know, repeating what I just said, but uh, I believe because I've interviewed a lot of people, I've been in management, I've had lots of staff work for me, I've left companies. I think it actually really reflects on you and not on them. And no matter whether they were right or wrong, um, I think if you can keep all those bridges intact and be grace, gracious and grateful and, um, you know, really take the moment to thank them for the things they may have done for you. So if I quickly just say, I recently changed from one property management company to another property management company and 100% would not be in the position I'm in right now. Had I not had the year at uh, Rock Rooms with the company I left, um, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in right now with Vista Property Management because I got so much knowledge and training and experience. And so I'm grateful. It was time for me to move to another company. I did it. And I'm grateful for all those experiences. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you know, you brought out some, some real good points. And that brings me to a question that popped in my head. Uh, what advice would you give to like young women navigating the workforce? Um, you know, let's say a young woman is thinking of transitioning from, you know, one position to another or one industry to another. What kind of advice would you give, uh, you know, um, young women trying to navigate the, the workforce? Yeah, that's a great question. That is such a great question. I would I would say there's a couple things. And first of all, the old adage, knowledge is power. That is 100% true. So whether you go and you speak to someone and ask if they would be your mentor, because maybe it's an industry that you're not really sure of, or you don't have a lot of information, or maybe you have no training and you have no education in, but you just really feel that passion and you want to do it. I would go and get a mentor. I would go and get someone to speak to. I I would go and get someone who you can have some counsel and advice from. So get that knowledge. And I believe in education. I'm a college educated woman and I believe in education. And I think you never stop learning, whether you go to college, whether you take online classes, whether you have a mentor, whether you read books, I think that you can never stop learning. So I would say add to that educational base. And then the other thing is, you know, I've walked into a room full of men and had men uh, discount me because I'm a woman. I am in a field that's predominantly male and I've walked into the rooms and only seen, you know, one other female. Don't let that intimidate you. If you want to be in a certain business, if you want to be in a certain field and you know that, then stand your ground and you don't have to be rude. You don't have to be disrespectful. You just have to show them that I'm in the room and I'm here and I'm staying here. I'm coming to the table and I'm here and yeah. also be gracious when someone wants to offer you advice or wants to help you and maybe it's not what you want to hear but yeah. take that and and yeah. run with it and ask a lot of questions and be curious would be the last part that I would say just always be curious and figure things out yeah and I think this is a good plug I think that's what you said was so key knowledge is power um, whether someone goes to college or especially with the pandemic, most people have more uh, downtime. Uh, now's the time to learn new skills, um, you know, pick up things online, uh, whether it's seminars or uh, online courses like EDX or uh, taking college courses online. So for those listening, um, 
use this time wisely to, to build exactly. skills and, and build knowledge. That is so key. Um, you know, so you and I have something in common. Uh, you and I both uh, have found our way through a divorce. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's a little personal. One of the things that I've been doing in season four is talking about how business is personal. So can you tell us a little bit about that? How did you find your way uh, through a divorce? Yeah. And, you know, Mason, it is, it is a little bit personal, right? And, and I think sometimes people either are right out there in your face with it all and they tell you way more than they should, or there's, <laughs> there's, or there's a little bit of, you know, shame or a little bit of sadness or a little bit of hurt. And, and then maybe we don't share what we should. Um, so uh, mine's been about 10 years or more. Um, and it was a long, it was a long road. It was, it was quite a journey. Um, I happened to be the one who chose to be divorced. And so that again, um, as a female making that choice um, to leave the marriage, to leave the financial security, um, to change up the home, I, I struck out on my own and I became independent almost overnight. Um, so I had to be financially independent. I had to uh, take care of home independently. And then, you know, with divorce, you tend to lose your your network, your community, your base, your friendship community, as I like to refer to it. So all of a sudden, friends and people and, and colleagues and businesses and, and et cetera were no longer available to me. So, you know, you're, you're building a home, you're building your financial security, you're probably changing a career or getting a career if you didn't have one. And now on top of that, you are building everything else all simultaneously while trying to work through the healing process. Um, and whether it's amicable or not, um, whether it was something agreed upon both by both of you or not, there's still a part of you that needs to heal. And fortunately for me, I found my way pretty quickly with that aspect. And I've done a lot of healing and a lot of growth in that area. And I've stayed true to my end goal um, of knowing that I wanted to be a certain type of female in a business realm and in my personal realm as well. And so um, while it's been a journey, I can say that uh, I've, I've come out the other side quite happy and quite satisfied with it. And I look at every single opportunity as a gift to learn and it happened for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, what stood out to me was you mentioned the, the financial stability portion that that was a part that, um, this, and this episode is not, is not about me, but it reminds me of, uh, you know, my, my parents got divorced when I was 22, 23, which is about five years ago. And I think that was one of the things that held my mother back from getting the divorce because, you know, there was a lot that happened. Um, she wasn't treated right. And he was unfaithful on top of that. And I can, I can only imagine, you know, the, the fear and anxiety she may have had. Plus, they had children together. So you got right. children, uh, you know, the household situation. And he was the breadwinner. And let, so let's say a woman divorces, right? She'd been put through a lot and she divorces. And now she's trying to rebuild herself, find her way what specific advice would you give to a woman that is recently divorced or been divorced for maybe a year or two and they're trying to find their way to 
um, financial stability. Well, that was the one area that was very tough and I still, you know, struggle with. So when I first moved out, I literally had five jobs. And the irony is, is here I am working my little, you know, tail feathers off to, to, <laughs> to support myself and my son and who was living, you know, shared custody of the one son at the time. And there were times where because of my jobs or because of sheer exhaustion, I couldn't actually see my son. And at one point, I remember just when two of those jobs were seasonal, so I knew I could do it for six months because it was going to end because, uh, you know, only crazy people have five jobs like that's a lot. It's a lot of jobs. Um, but I remember thinking, you know, wait a minute, this seems so silly. Here I am working in order to keep the roof over our heads and, and to feed us and do all of this, but I'm not able to have him with me because I'm working so much. What is this vicious cycle? So what I did is I sat down and I started, that was the year that I started my five-year plan. And so every five years, I usually readjust at about year three, beginning of year four, I do a plan and I mapped out exactly where I needed to be financially. And then knowledge is power, going back to that, I went and I sought out assistance in financial planning. I sought out how to be a better you know, saver, how to do things differently, what I could live with and live without. And Every time I made a move with my job, <clears throat> I made sure that I got at least a dollar more or at least 50 cents more. I didn't ever want to go backwards. Um, I would say that if you have to have multiple jobs in order to live, because a lot of us do, a lot of us do have more than one job, then if there's a way to be working towards that career as well, because there may be a job that you're doing to pay the bills and while you're working towards getting that career that satisfies your soul. So that's what I, I would say is just, you know, make a plan. And as silly as that sounds, make a plan and get help if you need it to how to how to do that or how to stick with it. Yeah, that was so important. Uh, all the points you brought out. Um, so anybody that's listening and they resonate, definitely they need to put that in action. Um, for me, I can't necessarily speak for women, but I'll, so I'm going to just speak in a broader sense. For me, when I got divorced, I had to take a year off. Um, you know, I wasn't really active on social media that year. Um, I just needed to find myself. I was in Buffalo at the time, so I moved back home, my hometown, Rochester, Rochester native. Yeah. Um, so let's get it. And then, um, you know, I just needed that time to be around family, you know, and just find myself. And so if someone is recently divorced or they've been only divorced a year or two, Definitely take the time you need. For me, it was about 12 to 16 months. Some people may take longer or shorter, um, but definitely definitely take the time that, that you need. Uh, we kind of Sorry, oh, can I just pop in? And I, and I was going to say, I 100% I agree with that. And for me, it was a little bit delayed. So it wasn't about until year three of being separated, and I wasn't divorced right away, but being separated, that yeah. I understood that piece, Mason. So you bring up an excellent piece that a lot of times we kind of just were in it and we just rush through it, or we just think, oh, we got to get, we got to get all perfect again right away. And, you know, everyone has their own journey, so I'm not going to judge that or, or, or say, well, you should do it this way or that. But that's excellent advice. And I think a lot of times, if you can just take that for whatever amount of time it needs to be for you, it really does help you on the other side of it. 
Um, it really does help with all aspects besides just relationships, but you know, business and figuring out who you are and who you want to be once the divorce is over. Yeah. Um, and the last thing, um, healing, I know, I don't know how you went about healing, but, um, how did you heal from, from it? Um, how did you heal from the divorce? Cause some people, you know, that's probably the toughest part. Um, how do you bounce back from it? How do you become complete again? Um, so how did you, how did you heal? You are just, you ask such great questions, Mason. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think that it's a whole combination of things for me. And again, I, this is my journey. Like you were saying, you know, this is this is uh, what you went through. So for me, I was lucky that um, my ex-husband and I have a wonderful relationship. And right from the beginning, which sounds weird because we're divorced, I know. But right from the beginning, we made a couple packs with each other. And one of them was that we were not going to bring the children involved in it. We were not going to fight in front of the children. We were not going to try to pit one against the other. We weren't going to speak badly about each other in front of them. You know, we made a certain kind of boundaries that we were going to do. And I think that when you can set that up from the beginning, it helps you get through all of the the remorse or the loss or the the healing and the aspects of it that come um, when you get divorced. And for me, the healing, uh, I meditate, I believe in the holistic side of life. Um, I have a mentor who I work with. So I did a lot of self-work. I did a lot of meditation. I did a lot of, um, I took some classes and did some retreats and there's Native American in my background. So I went out into, you know, mother nature um, and all of that, you know, crying, anger, uh, the, the seven stages of death because a, a divorce is very much like a death. It's a death of a marriage to death of a relationship and all along the good part is and I think it's just because of who I am and my personality but the good part of I didn't allow myself to beat myself up um, if I went down that road um, I was I made this decision so I owned the decision that I was making um, but I did have, you know, those quiet times and um, just worked through each stage for as long as it took to get through each stage. And then I said, okay, I'm done with that. And then moved on to the next one. And in a way it was methodical. Uh, you know, it was, it's, it was eight years in the making though. So it's not like it happened overnight. Yeah. You know, I didn't yeah. wake up one day and bam, I was healed. You know, it's, it, that's not, that's not how it happened for me. Um, but definitely took that time. And I felt like it was multifaceted, so to speak. Right. So there were mm. different things that I did to get to that stage of being healed and, and to the point where I am now. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being vulnerable. Um, for me, uh, I'll say prayer definitely helped because um, I'm a spiritual person. And then also the biggest thing, though, especially because as a man, you know, I don't like communicating my feelings. <laughs> that's the last thing I want to do is talk about something that's super personal. So opening up to close friends and family telling them not necessarily like you said like one of the packs me and my ex-wife made was we weren't going to talk bad about each other so i didn't 
necessarily talk bad about her or when people try to like talk bad about her, I, I just tell them not to do that. That doesn't help. But just communicating what I went through, communicating how it made me felt, or if a day where I was just so overwhelmed with emotion, um, especially like during the first few months after divorce, uh, just communicating, um, opening up to to the to different ones. And uh, then I got to a point where I'm like, okay, let me do something positive. Let me let me give back. Once I got to the year mark, I'm like, okay, I've took this time for me. Now it's time to to give. And actually that year I did um, LinkedIn Local actually. And um, just doing something that was project-based definitely helped. And so I, I got more active on LinkedIn and uh, started, you know, connecting with those in, in the local community. And I know you and I both are fans of, of LinkedIn. So um, yeah. doing LinkedIn local definitely, definitely helped. Yes, yes. Um, LinkedIn is my my soft spot. LinkedIn is um, something that I'm very passionate about. Um, I could talk about it for hours, and I know we don't have hours, um, <laughs> but I but I but I definitely I definitely could. And I think that that was something that helped me too. I became way more active uh, the last couple years. Um, for me. Uh, it's, it's not a place to, you know, find a job. It's not just a place to promote your, your company. It's not just a place to, uh, look for other, other businesses. Um, it's in everything. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've tried to educate people who ask my advice, or I've tried to, you know, write articles and, and preach this is LinkedIn should be what it needs to be for you. It can be and should be very individualized. So if you're using it and all you want to do is find a job, then go at it with 100% gusto to do that. Have your profile reflect that, reach out to people in your industry, be very communicative, make sure you're commenting and posting all about that. If it's a place where you want to sell and showcase your own business or the business you work for, then again, make your profile about that, communicate that way, um, and be 100% all in. For me, I feel like there's a theme here with me, but for me, it's multi <laughs> it's, it's several different things for me. I love to be someone who helps and promotes and encourages and um, other people in their industry and in their in their uh, posting and whatever they're doing in the world. That's what I like to do. I like to write yeah. wellness articles that talk about a way of someone thinking about something. And I, um, up until recently, I, if you had interviewed me a couple months ago, I wouldn't be able to say that, but up until recently, I had never found a job via LinkedIn. I had never approached it as some, some place to find a job. I didn't mm. showcase that, but yeah. by a posting on LinkedIn. Um, so I think it's kind of funny that for years, cause I've been on LinkedIn since 2009. So for a really long time, I never pursued it that way, but this just came across my dashboard uh, one day and I applied 
And the other thing that I love, um, one of my connections um, said this, that it's a great big cocktail party in the sky. And I've <laughs> I like that. I like that. Isn't that great? And that's how I look at it, right? Because, you know, I have people who are all over the world, like most of us do on LinkedIn, and I'll probably never, ever meet those people, but I feel so connected to them because I read yep. their posts, I comment on their posts, I see their profiles you connect with them, you know, you direct message them. And to be able to have that network base and to be able to learn from people in different cultures and industries. So my connections are all over the board. They're not just in property management or real estate or when I was in insurance, it wasn't just insurance. And when I was in uh, the spa industry, it wasn't just that. It was all over, uh, all sorts of, you know, men, women, it, it doesn't matter to me if I reach out and connect with someone on whatever level that that is. And I think if I was to say one thing and give one piece of advice from a, someone on LinkedIn, I would encourage you to do that. I would encourage you to not limit yourself with just the industry you're in and to really reach out because you never know what gem is out there. You never know what amazing person is going to come across your way. Like we met on LinkedIn and, yep. you know, and you just never, ever know who's going to come across your path. Yeah, totally. Uh, I definitely feel LinkedIn is multifaceted. I, that's one of the things I enjoy about it too. I remember 2018 ish, 2017, 2018 ish, you know, I think that's when LinkedIn Local came out. Then people started making more videos. Um, one of the things now, I noticed that LinkedIn tests different things before they make it public. Like, I noticed people have been doing, like, LinkedIn Live, um, and they're trying to see, is this something that the, the community really wants? Um, you know, they got an, an event feature. Um, and, you know, because we're trying to do... Um, uh, lunch break podcast, uh, virtual event. So we're trying to test new things. And I just noticed like LinkedIn is always testing new things, you know, and I, and like you, I, I like to write too. So sometimes I'll write a LinkedIn article. So videos, written content, like there are just so many different things and they're always testing new things. Um, that's something I love about LinkedIn as well. Now I know when it comes to LinkedIn, there's other social medias out there. Like I feel LinkedIn. <laughs> no, there's not. Is, there's only LinkedIn. <laughs> I feel LinkedIn is a social network and I feel everything else is social media. So when you think about Instagram, you think about Facebook, you think about Twitter and all those things, how do you think LinkedIn compares to the other social platforms out there? Well, uh, you may or may not know this about me, but I only have one social platform, and that's LinkedIn. I have <laughs> had, I know, right? And I, and I can say that. I'm proud about that, Mason. I can say that. Um, I have had Facebook in the past when I owned a wellness and holistic center, and I used it 100% for business only. So to promote my business, to talk about events, to, to get the business, you know, drive that business through my door. Um, I, I don't use any other social media, but I, of course, you know, am not living under a rock, so I know what they are. Um, I prefer LinkedIn for what you just said, and you said it so eloquently. I prefer it because for me, it's an entire network. It's all-encompassing. 
And if you almost have to have the other social media to try to get what you can get at LinkedIn. So while I'm probably not promoting, I'm not promoting what I do on the weekends or what I do with my children or what I do kind of more socially on LinkedIn. Um, I also don't feel like I need to do that because my mm -hmm. social aspect is when I'm writing my posts or I'm commenting on other people or I'm following my connections who pop up or I'm looking to see what happens. I start every morning by checking LinkedIn um, and I'm on it a couple times during the day. Um, so for me, I don't need any other social media because it satisfies everything that I'm looking to do. Yeah. Um, this is just a sidebar. Um, I usually don't do this. This is my first time doing this on, on the podcast, but there's a comedian, his name is Trey Kennedy. And he has two different videos about if social media was a person, what would they be like? And he has a part one and he has a part two. And long story short, like Facebook is kind of like the nagging, gossiping person. And then, you know, Instagram is kind of like the person that's always showing off and stuff like that. Um, and I just thought it was funny. And then LinkedIn is kind of like the more you know, the more put together one out of the group. And that's how I feel about LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn is just more put together. I like it because it's more positive, uplifting. Um, if you even like just, even if you direct message someone on LinkedIn, they know your intention is to build your career or, right. you know, business or, you know, they, and, and it's more community based where if I was to send a direct message to someone on Facebook, they probably think, you know, ill intentions, same thing with Instagram, you might get blocked. And I feel LinkedIn is just more community based. And I, I just love that about it. Yeah. I think the one thing, so it's LinkedIn has definitely evolved and changed uh, just even since you and I have became acquainted with each other. So from 2009 to 2018, huge, huge growth, huge, huge changes. And the one thing that I have to say, there's two disturbing things that kind of have come out lately and I've seen it die down a bit, which I'm happy about, but there was a time period for about six months where a lot of people really felt the need to tell other people how to be, how to be on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is this way. It's that way. It's this way. It's that way. And there was a lot of judgment and a lot mm. of like, you need to behave in a certain way. And yeah. I remember I finally got to the point where I, I, I just kept quiet about it for a long time. And then I did finally get to the point and I actually wrote a posting saying, what is LinkedIn for you? And that was my way of saying in that posting, like you need to step back a little bit and allow people to be who they want to be. Now, if you're crossing the line, which is leads me nice beautifully into the next thing where a lot of women are commenting that men are trying to pick them up on LinkedIn and they're very offended yeah. by mm -hmm. offensive mm -hmm. way and right. So if you're crossing the line that way, then I think by all means you need to stop that and be able to nip that in the bud. But I yeah. think that if, if all of us are allowed and we're respectful and we're not, you know, name calling or being, you know, 
angry and trying to incite, you know, ill intentions, or we're not trying to um, hurt other people by calling them out on a social media that way. Um, I think that LinkedIn is a wonderful place to be able to express who you are. And I think yeah. that we all on LinkedIn need to be able to allow that to organically happen and to promote that with each other. And that I think is the beauty of it. And like I said, I've seen it kind of quiet down a bit and I'm happy about that. And I hope uh, that it, that it stays quiet um, because it's still to me is the underused social platform, uh, whether, you know, whether that excels over the next couple of years or not. Um, but I still find a lot of people who don't even know what it is. And I, like I said, I could talk about it for hours. So when I get home, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like when it comes to LinkedIn, uh, there's definitely no rules. I, I do. I do remember that time period where people were just like, Oh, this is how you look. This, that is not, for, that's more for Facebook. That's yeah. not supposed to be for LinkedIn. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, just let people be people. Uh, like I give examples, like there's people who are in the fitness industry and they make, they may make certain videos and some of it is funny or some of it is just more, you know, maybe educational based or how to, you know, work out and stuff like that. And my gut reaction may be why is fitness people on LinkedIn, but it's a business, you know, it's, it's yeah. the business community. It's a professional community. People who are in the fitness industry are still professionals. So I just keep an open mind. Um, there's people who use humor in their written content or their video content. Now I personally, that's not my style. I'm more, in, I try to post things that's more inspirational and more educational based, but that's just my style. But I'm not going to say, Oh, you shouldn't be funny on LinkedIn because it's like right. if everybody was the same, it would be born. Right. So right. I totally right. agree that just let people be people. And if you, you know, are being inappropriate language trying to like as a, as a man to a woman trying to like, you know, cross the line, that's just not right. That's just uncalled for. Like this is a professional exactly. thing. So exactly. For sure. But yeah, so thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, I feel this episode was very valuable uh, to everyone, specifically uh, women as well. And thank you so much for being for being on the podcast today. Oh, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Mason, for inviting me. And you have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Lunch and Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories on their lunch breaks. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a rating, share on social media, and make sure you come back for more episodes on Season 4 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where business is personal.